All right. Uh, good evening, everyone. Thank you so much for joining this latest episode of the Richard Haydarn Podcast. Maraming tayong pag-usapan ngayon. Of course, today I have a very special guest. Uh, you know, all our guests are special. But once again, we have one of my former professors here, Professor Ranjit Rai from UP Diliman, Political Science Department. Thank you very much, Prof, for joining us. Thank you, Richard, for having me here. Good evening to all our guests, no? Uh, or I mean, all our viewers, I should say, both at uh, the TV and the internet, you know. Wherever this is shown all around the world, uh, thank you for having me here, Richard. And before we start, I'd like to uh, take the opportunity to uh, congratulate you, my former student, with your incredible uh, vlog no, and everything you're doing. I'm very proud of your citizenship and leadership, uh, as, as a, not just a media personality, but also as a budding public intellectual. No, I'm very proud of that because you were my student. Dati-dati, pasando-sando, sandals ka lang sa klase ko. Ngayon, social time. Pero ka ng vlog dagi, oh. And, and that you are um, being true to your own UP roots, no? That uh, you'll serve the people through uh, your academic work, through your advocacy, and through your, you know, your your leadership as a media personality, as an influencer. And I think that's really good, you know. Um, People may disagree with you or agree with you, but you're out there putting your reputation on the line. Uh, to inform, uh, uh, encourage people to converse, no, to encourage people to take part in the discussion, and, and that's I'm very proud of that. No, I, 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 you're one of my few students who did very well in my class, and uh, it's good to see that you're doing well now. Thank you very much, uh, Professor Ranjit. Right, obviously we'll talk about also your other hat, which is uh, your very executive position in now a household name. Survey agencies, Okta. Pag-usapan natin later on. Pero anong mm. official designation niyo, Sir Ranjit, in 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 Okta? Uh, well, okay. Uh, in Okta, I'm the president. Uh, I'm also a fellow. Just as like executive that. as you can get. Sorry, president. Yes. Yeah, I, know. I know. Unfortunately, somebody has to take that job, though. Uh, Professor Guido David refuses to take that administrative uh, position. He's the chief data scientist. And uh, maybe you've, uh, some of the people here, na, baka narinig niyo na kami, Nung time ng COVID, kami yung magugulo dyan na nagsasalita. No? And uh, our goal is truth-telling and truth-seeking no? as an organization. So it started really with COVID, uh, looking at how science and data can inform, uh, empower citizens no? uh, during the, the pandemic uh, to what we have now, which is a full um, uh, you know, public uh, you know, social science research organization, a public opinion research organization called OCTA. Prof, just shortly before we go to Okta and then go to, of course, the reason why we're to get, uh, together today, among others, is yung nilabas yung bagong survey kung saan pinapakita na katulad ng ibang surveys, authoritative surveys na nakita natin, na ang majority natin mga kababayan ay bukas dito sa ICC probe. No? Bago natin pag-usapan yan, una-una, of course, naging prof ko kayo sa uh, Philippine politics, Philippine politics and, uh, and government. Um, can you tell me a little bit about how did you end up in that realm? Because usually, alam ko yung mga nagpo-polsay, gusto nyo mag-international, comparative. Dahil yeah. naka, this is my political natin, to be honest. Like, oh, yeah. what gave this you is, the uh, passion? In the literature, literature ito yeah. yung low politics tawag dito. Ito. High politics. Yung, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm an international relations guy. My area of interest has been India-Philippines bilateral relations. No? Our family has been... Not just me, my father, my your father, my sister have been big contributors in that field. No, um, we've written all our research work in that area. I mean, we've contributed our research research work in that area, 
my particular area of specialization in my graduate studies was public administration, public policy and program administration. I know it sounds boring, no, but it's a uh, no, it's uh it's important no, that we understand the policy process, when that we understand that we have a role in shaping that policy process in a emerging, growing, developing democracy like ours in the Philippines. And uh, OCTA came into a four really because of a project that we had with uh, eight other people, no, uh, seven other people, including myself. no. And uh, our, our basic our argument was that there should be an alternative voice in uh, public opinion research. And uh, that's what we're trying to do now. No, uh, We're very much okay beholden to SWS and Pulse. They've set the, the benchmark. We are trying every day no, to uh, uh, achieve no, or, or come closer to that benchmark. And in the last three years, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're lucky no, because um, we've been able to break okay, uh, the barrier as far as awareness is concerned. And we're among the top three uh, survey companies with the highest awareness as far as Filipinos are concerned. So when you talk about OCTA, the awareness in the national capital region is seven out of 10 Filipinos. When you look at OCTA awareness for the whole country, it's six out of them. Uh, and, and we're very proud of that because we achieved that in less than three years, uh, develop a brand uh, where we find the truth-telling and truth-seeking as the basic foundation for our work. So our, 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 you know, we were investigated in Congress for telling the truth, no? basically. Yeah, I know. Uh sabi nga ng mga sa other survey agencies, they been there for 30 years. They were dreaming of being investigated by Congress, no? Kami nga, we, we weren't even two years old. We were investigated by Congress. Large people for telling the truth. And uh, the last elections, 2022, I think we did extremely well, 100%, no? batting average as far as the president, the vice president is concerned. All the senators until the number 15, we got it right, except for the placement of Robin Padilla. Only God knew that, no? Okay, uh, so uh, apart from that, we, you know, uh, we've been, we decided as an organization that uh, it's our duty as citizens, no, to contribute to this conversation, to this whole um, arena of uh, knowledge, no, knowledge generation called public opinion research. So that's Okta for us. And, uh, we're we're now moving forward, no, as far as our surveys are concerned. This is the second almost three years now of surveys. We've had uh, we're building up our database and hopefully we will continue to do good as far as our advocacy and our research is concerned. Uh, Prof uh, Ranjit, going before going to the something ma major important service you have conducted recently na public ngayon, kasi may mga commission service na hindi natin pwede pag-usapan kasi syempre pinayaran yun and my privileges and all that yeah. comes with it. And I know, I mean in a professional sense, ayun naman, yung term kasi ng bayaran ay naging negative na ngayon. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. That, can you tell us a little bit about bakit Okta? Uh, what's with the, is it a number thing? Is it, And then uh, the composition, because one of the things I remember is the reason why Octo became a household name faster than any institution I know in the country, like, mas crazy pa yung uh, meteoric pa yung rise, is, is because you guys were doing um, analysis, uh, epidemiological analysis uh, at the height of the pandemic in, in, in ways that no other agencies were doing. And then later on, mas naging transition kay into full-fledged survey agencies. How did that come about? I mean, of course, you're a political scientist, but a number of your colleagues I know are statisticians, uh, David, mathematicians. Uh, if yeah. I there's some folks from UST or affiliated with UST who are in the yeah, public yeah, yeah. health realm, can you tell us a little bit about this? Because 
Alam ko, medyo naging controversial ng una. Sino tong Okta na to? Bakit everyone is citing them? Sino ba itong mga to? Um, public health expert ba sila? Are they epidemiologists mm-hmm. or are they mathematicians? So for the purpose of clarifications and clarity, not that you need to defend yourself anymore. You guys are big already. But just mm-hmm. just for the purpose of our audience and all. Yeah, yeah. Ang Okta Research kasi was uh, the idea what founded in 2019. Uh, it was an inspiration. The inspiration here, uh, you know, the eight other people, they don't want to be mentioned, but, you know, my father, my, uh, Dr. Roger Posadas, no? former chancellor of uh, UP Diliman, was a big uh, insp- inspiration here. Dr. Serafin Talisayon, who used to work with uh, General Almonte uh, as a Deputy National Security Advisor. Uh, and some other individuals who don't want to be named uh, became an inspiration no, to us to start um, a public opinion research uh, uh, at one level uh, and a, in, in a bigger, broader level, a social science research organization where UP uh, faculty uh, can uh, you know, freely express their positions, their research work. It can be a vehicle no, for UP professors to come out and do research. No? Uh, so this is... Um, original inspiration for Okta that was in 2019. And in 2020, unfortunately for us, or fortunately for us, we found a venue, no? uh, Professor David, Guido David of in the Institute of Math was doing a research paper on the SER uh, model, no? uh, which is used to the, uh, uh, this, uh, to uh, study uh, d- disease spread. No? Uh, he was doing a journal article and uh, asking me about the policy implications uh, of doing this kind of research, and we decided, we decided, no, because of the lockdown, which affected all of us, there were only two choices. One is to contribute to the national effort uh, to understand this uh, pandemic, or to spend our time watching K drama. So I mean, we decided uh, with the, with the former, and we started doing um, contributing, no, to the conversation on a weekly basis. Richard, on a weekly basis, we we released our results. We gave them to whoever wanted the results. We gave it. We gave it, of course, to IATF, and it turned out that our projections. Uh, somebody at least on the internet began to see. Hey, our projections were doing. We were on the spot, no. Uh, with the hail, nail on the head, no. We were very accurate with our uh, projections, and uh, that's where it started. The advocacy to use science, no, um, to empower citizens uh, with information. The belief that empowered citizenry can make decisions no, in a democracy like ours. And so this, this became, you know, what was uh, initially a, uh, a science project became an advocacy. And then, uh, of course, we, we bolted out of, well, we, we separated from UP and decided uh, to insulate UP from uh, the kind of research we were doing as far as COVID was concerned. And this led us to decide, hey, why don't we start doing uh, public opinion research? were composed largely of natural scientists, uh, mostly doctors, medical doctors. Um, but we have a team of around eight, um, eight or ten um, statistics. Yeah, yeah, statisticians, no, um, and, and two, um, uh, three mathematicians, no, um, or graduate level, no. So everybody in our our team uh, is a graduate level, is a graduate of UP except for one, uh, doctor, uh, doctor, father Nicanor Ostriaco. Who's a public health? Uh, you know, he's a grad, under, undergraduate in Pennsylvania and in MIT, his PhD in MIT, and he was a virologist, no, from USD, uh, teaching in Providence College. He was borrowed by USD. Now uh, he, he he was the only non-UP member of the team, no, and so uh, most of our own uh, faculty, 
from UP composed Okta Research. No? So uh, largely, it's a UP organization. Um, but of course, we were very proud of our fellows. All of them did uh, volunteer work for our COVID research. Um, so it's it should be around 15 to 20 members and fellows uh, right now who are actively involved still uh, with the advocacy and work of Okta. Uh, thank you for for giving that kind of background. No, because I, I, I think at the beginning may contain confusion. Ato by Okta UP or Okta is separate. Yeah, so yeah. I explain you yung yung evolution yeah. I I also remember and, and and as someone who you know who doesn't overproduce his stuff. <laughs> there was a time na yung website niyo parang hindi pa ganon kakompleto. Alam ko oh, magaan pa kaya mga template pictures. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, know. I mean, I don't know. Today, now, it, my website has been hacked a couple of times. Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, so that's why we're we're moving towards a more secure platform. You know, we're 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 we're, we're public about public school teachers doing public opinion research. We're so unprepared, honestly, and so unprofessional. I have to admit. When it comes to uh, doing this kind of work, so we had to hire a couple of people, and we found out now from also from my research that a lot of people really go to Facebook, TikTok, and so we're we're developing our presence there, and we are we apologize to the public if we haven't updated in our website because it's constantly being hacked and attacked. Uh, you won't believe no, our 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 own provider is already complaining. He's uh, putting too much manpower and time. Just defending the site, no. So um, we will be uh, coming out with a better site. We're in the process of uh, coming out with a better site with an actual database of everything we have done, and uh, pretty soon, once uh, after a year, a lot of the work that has been embargoed will now be available to the public. And the ethos of Okta is really academic in 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 nature, no. So um, we were the first; our own fellows were the first to publish uh, uh, COVID-related. Uh, uh, international journal, uh, in an international journal, COVID-related studies. No, we've been at the forefront of uh, trying to uh, generate um, scientific, uh, a scientific, no, um, output, no, from uh, our statistical data. So we have published quite a number of journal articles already as a group, no, and so we're still trying to generate that. So this is the this is the mindset of Okta. We're here to contribute. We're here to collaborate. Uh, we're not here to compete with the top two. Uh, we look, we recognize the top two firms, no? uh, Pulse Asia and SWS. What we want to do, Richard, is for social scientists like you to come out with three surveys. No? Uh, most of the survey companies, um, they overlap uh, in survey periods. No, So we wanted right. to always, we, we were always studying I what's the cycle. Of yeah, the yeah, tiebreaker, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I'll be the tiebreaker, the validator, diba? So Okta will come out last normally, and uh, like last year, we ended. Uh, we have the latest survey for the fourth quarter for the whole country. If you're just looking at SWS Pulse and Okta, and uh, what came out, of course, is what has been in the news all over the news today. Uh, number one, Filipinos uh, uh, want to rejoin the ICC, and number two, that. Uh, Filipinos are uh, supportive no, of the call for government to cooperate with the ICC investigations on the drug-related killings that happened during the last administration. That's 55%. Yes. Th thank you. I think we're, we're already transitioning. Thank you for my co-host <laughs> for yeah, overseeing yeah, yeah. the transition. <laughs> no, 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 I, I just wanted... Uh, you know, I mean, uh, Prof. Franja, I, I look forward to having more of these conversations quite regularly over time as yeah. long as you have time and then you're open. So, kaya nga sabi ko, 
parating ginagawa ko is, you know, a little bit of a background, understanding, para alam ng tao, hindi lang tayo nag-hello high lang dahil lang nagtatrending yung report nyo ngayon. That yeah, yeah. goes back to personal and institutional ties yeah. for quite some time. And I also commend your guy, uh, commend you guys for, for doing a fantastic job. I was just in Tokyo the other weekend. There was a new institute, uh, Institute of Ge Geoeconomics, and it was established by the senior professors from University of Tokyo. And they yeah. were telling us how everyone is threatened by them because, you know, they just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And they're so, uh, for the lack of a better term, very American, right? You go there, they're very open. It's in a posh area. It's it's not your typical Japanese institutions and all. And they, they're doing very well. They're doing very well. They surveys of top 100, but unfortunately, uh, Fortune 100 of Japan. So I think the past two, three, five years has been the age of disruption. And, and many people out of nowhere, many institutions out of nowhere have been doing very well as long as they had those foundations. So yeah. you, your experience reminds me of what's happening also in Tokyo and all around the world. And of course, in my case, in my own small way also, you know, the past few years, I also tried to build some sort of niche here and all of that. Now, let's talk about these surveys. Because to be honest, ang, ang, ang survey agencies ngayon, uh, the whole survey business nowadays has come under a lot of skepticism and all. I mean, Alam natin sa Pilipinas, I mean, you know more than anyone. Uh, sa Pilipinas, walang natatalo, nadadayaan lang or nananalo. But one of the things we noticed in last elections, things got very, very toxic. And from people that we should have known better, I mean, some of them are from our institution, you yeah. know, they were, they, were, they were trying to invoke, I don't know, like Google Trends or all sorts of different big data stuff. And there were also some very malicious, I would say, attacks against some of our friends and colleagues, including against our good friends in Paul Asia, Sila Ronnie Holmes. Yeah, like, yeah. The amount of stress he had to go through throughout the years. So having said that, um, uh, yung pagka, nung sumabak kayo dito sa eksena ng political surveys and all of that, what was your state of mind? Was your state of mind also about, you know, fighting for, for this? Because if we're not going to do evidence-based policy analysis, evidence-based political analysis, and then kwentong barbero na lang tayong lahat. Although maganda yung bang kwentong barbero, there are levels to it. I mean, how how did you navigate also that very toxic environment? Dahil, syempre, kung ayaw kay Digong, tapos yung surveys na, si Digong mataas, inisan tao sa'yo. Kung mababa si Digong, galit naman yung kabilat. So in a polarized environment, I, I would imagine, it was very difficult getting into this world. Can you tell me a little bit also about that? Before we go to this very... It was extremely challenging because, uh, number one, um, uh, this was something that everyone in Okta agreed would be our direction. In fact, uh, there was a, a big, de lively debate about it. Um, and, uh, you know, truth-telling and truth-seeking is really a, a lonely job at some level. You know this, although you're trying, you're trying your best to do this also yourself, no? And, uh, you know, we got investigated by Congress. There was an inquisition against us, no? And uh, it, it's so unfortunate because um, all we were doing was telling the truth. And, you know, the proof of the pudding is really in the eating. In, in this kind of work, legitimacy uh, is so important. Uh, integrity is so important. And I think uh, we were able to prove that. We had the same struggles with SWS and PAS who have been here for decades, no? Uh, all, in the run-up to the 2022 elections, nobody believed us. They believed in the Kalia surveys. But when the results Pero came... Pero ng views. Ang daming umamat sa mga Kalia survey. Yeah, I know. In the millions, di ba? Yeah, at some point, you know, uh, the Institute of Statistics had to come up with a, with a statement basically ex uh, exhorting people to look at the science no, uh, of this. That this is not just haka-haka, kuro-kuro. Ito is siyensya. No, and um, you know, like like uh, what we were doing with COVID, our research there, and 
and and and this now we had to really inform the public and in 2022 um we were proven correct all the survey companies were proven correct and we were very proud of our work in octa we came out with uh, three weeks before the election 58.1 percent uh for bbm we were by the way surprised by that also no uh, we knew he was going to win but to win that big was, that was big, incredible yeah. no we released it the actual vote was 58.7 Richard. So yeah. it, the, the science, we're extolling the science here. It, it, what came out uh, was exactly uh, very near what we uh, predicted. And our top 12 senators came out uh, exactly how we uh, predicted. No? Some, some survey companies missed one or two candidates, but uh, Okta did not miss a single one. So uh, we did very well uh, as an organization, but I guess it was, it was the science of statistics. Uh, that won the day and i don't think there's a, a lot of people who question surveys now what they question now richard is the integrity of the survey company yeah, and uh, yes, uh, yes, you know yes, yes. as long as you know sws and pulse are there and we can continue to validate what they come out with cross validate and the more the merrier anybody because in the united states richard in the, in the, oh the, yeah they're like nine <laughs> you look at a website like real clear politics in the united states where you have five or six survey companies uh results open to the public they're compared you know and people get a good picture of uh you know the political landscape no they get a good uh view of uh, the political context no and 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 you know, in, in a sense, surveys have a democratizing effect there. You know, after elections, people are never consulted. Truly, Richard. After the candidate wins, no, wala naman, di na pinapansin yung mga botante. Pero dito sa survey, napapakinggan yung, pus, may, yung may uh, perception uh, ng, yeah. ng nakakarami. And, you know, uh, our, our leaders listen to surveys. You won't believe. Okay, we have a survey that has will come out with a report. No, That's something like 20% of our voters change their own vote because of what they um, uh, learn from the surveys. We'll try to come up with that uh, result no? we'll, uh, and validate the result. Interesting. Let's have a separate quarter. episode on that, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. We yeah, have. yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll give you the report on Very that. Very interesting. So uh, an another thing that, that's important is that, you know, surveys also, uh, in a sense, uh, because if they're done methodically and scientifically using the best practices, if there are not enough survey companies who do that, you can validate, eh, cross-validate, confirm okay, um, what uh, the nation is thinking about issues. In some sense, it's uh, a way to understand who we are, where we want to go you know, um, as a people. Eh. But where we want to go is hard to answer if we don't know who we are and what we think about issues. So surveys contribute eh, to understanding who we are as a people what our sentiments are on, on on different issues, on a range of issues. And if there are enough good survey companies, and there are good service companies there, SWS and Pulse are very good survey companies, and they have a track record. Uh, Okta is trying to uh, trying to uh, follow in their footsteps no? and uh, build a reputation similar to them. If we have uh, enough uh, reputable survey companies, I think the science of statistics will thrive. People will continue to believe in the science of uh, surveys. No? That underlies surveys and will be better informed in a sense, no? Uh, and more aware of what others are thinking about this issue. It has an impact on democracy and development because people but, but act Ryan, I mean, just, empowering. Yeah. 
just to push back against not me but i mean just the devil's advocate what about this argument of mind conditioning i, I know there was a interesting number of academic papers on the on the you know the trending effect that surveys oh, may have in terms of yeah. like making you realize itong candidate hindi viable so dun na lang ko sa iba what what do you say about that bandwagoning effect that could happen yeah the bandwagon effect we haven't seen it yet eh. uh we don't haven't seen uh, well we we're, we're studying it richard i have to be very honest we're looking into it where we haven't accepted anybody's position on the issue we have uh, uh, a couple of quarters now uh, of survey results that show that uh, it's nominal the bandwagon effect is nominal uh, but it's not insignificant there are people who get i just told you about the percentage there are people who change their their uh, vote largely because of what they uh, learn from the surveys but it's not majority of our population and it also uh, you know in a sense informs us that even on this issue of ICC, you can see, you know, if you give them an awareness of the issue. So in, in, in this particular survey, we had an explanatory card that basically taught, told uh, our interviewees, this is what the ICC is, its basic function in protecting rights. Uh, we were once a member. So then we asked a basic question. Do you think we should, but we're not anymore the member. Should we rejoin? That's a basic question. Once you inform them, they have a position, and when you look at the survey results, there's not too much gray area, no. Uh, it's either they're for or against. Majority are for rejoining the ICC. Now, what can we go to question? your survey, yeah, uh, Professor? Yeah, uh, can we screen share for the purpose of uh, our audience. Obviously, now people are just hearing you, but the finalist version will have it all out there, just in case hindi sila naka-access dito. So, tignan natin muna yung mga data, no. You know, in can the you, uh, can you can you see it? Uh, Richard, uh, I think it's still loading. Uh, can you yeah, try? Right, let me just see if we can. We can. Uh, yeah, is that good? That's good. That's good. Okay, That's good. You know, you know, at a glance, no, for everyone, can, is that good? So our our survey is a fourth quarter survey, uh, which means it was done in December, um, and uh, we released it only in Feb. Uh, and the probe is on the ICC's investigation in the Philippines. So what were the okay? So what 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 are what's important here to understand is these numbers would have changed by now. These numbers would have changed by now because of so much that has happened from, since January. Okay, so this is just the fourth quarter, and what is it saying? Fifty nine percent on the question of rejoining the International Criminal Court. Fifty nine percent of adult Filipinos are in favor of rejoining the international the ICC, and forty one percent. That's a significant number. Who are not in favor. So there's a position. Uh, it says that in, in this particular survey, there are more people who want to rejoin the ICC. Number two, on the question of cooperating uh, with the International uh, Criminal Court uh, in its investigation of drug-related killings during the Duterte administration, again, majority, 55% of adult Filipinos are in favor of, gov of the government cooperating with the ICC and uh, around 45% are not in favor. So it's it's really tight, huh? It's really divisive. It's really mm, polarizing. Interesting. Uh, there's, polarizing. Uh, it's interesting, yeah, that there's a there's an opinion on this issue. Um, especially when you make them aware of, uh or remind them of the issue. So undecided, which is quite different from you know the impression you get from some of our other discussions and surveys. No, it's very polarized. Right? Yeah, uh, yeah, we were also surprised ourselves, huh? Um, and you look at the 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 spread, no, as far as the uh, um Regional uh -huh. spread is concerned, NCR, Balance Luzon, Visayas, and Mindanao. And then the class uh, element, no? So, yung yeah. AB67. Across the board, yeah. across areas, 
it's a majority of people who want this, including Mindanao. Okay, so of course there's a there's a margin of error of plus minus three. So um, uh, you know, even if you factor this in, you'll see that majority of Filipinos uh, want to rejoin uh, or see the importance of rejoining uh, the International uh, Criminal Court, and I think that's important for us. No, uh, when you look at uh, the spread as far as mm -hmm. uh, age is concerned, you know, you you'll see no. Um, yeah, eighteen to thirty-four. You see a large number of our uh, our uh, young population uh, basically supporting uh, rejoining the ICC. So, ang pinakamataas seventy-five and up, no, seventy-two percent ng uh, yeah of those we were yeah of that age group. But you know, when you look at the population, it's really below thirty-five years old. You know, the bulk of the population. Right. They, they... And when you look at that, it's fairly clear that more than half, no, uh, of the population majority of the population uh, are open to this now we don't know if this will change in the forthcoming survey of march that will be uh, conducted in march interesting uh, it could go up it could go uh, down but we, what we do know is that it this validates basically to some extent uh, what sws is also seeing yes different questions uh, probe 58 percent cooperation with the probe right that's that's what yeah from the uh, just a point lang, uh, Prof, pwede balikan natin ng konti. I mean, what is your read on the, like, the millennials, 25 to 34, like, almost 7 out of 10, Gen Z, mas mababa ng 57? Is there, is there something there or, like, what? I mean... Well, it, it's, it, no, it's... Uh, is there a sociological... Maybe we'll suspend the analysis of that until our next... Oh, uh, we have we more data. Plan, uh, ...in place. At and, least we can study two points now, see how uh, things right. are changing. And the problem is, this the first, first, no, first, yeah. is this the first survey on ICCO? Uh, sorry, yeah, that. yeah, this is the first. Yeah, oh, unfortunately, this is our first. Uh, yeah, this is the first. And, and uh, it only two questions, you know. Um, although uh, we did not put in a question on awareness specifically, what we did was we had um, uh, an information card read to our interviewers, no? explaining what the ICC is all about. No? And uh, so maybe we'll change that for the next uh, next round maybe add more questions so this is how it looks no uh, it's fairly equal as far as uh, gender is concerned um there are more people in the rural areas it's interesting Richard, no? who believe in the ICC. Correct, correct. Okay, so people who probably look at uh, the human rights aspect of it protection aspect uh, of uh, the issue and, uh, and you higher know, among postgraduate and college graduates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. But which is pretty predictable because these are people who are the more educated, no, uh, the higher. Okay, the more awareness we assume no, about the issue. Now, on the second question, should the government cooperate? This is a big question raised by the president in his December conversations. Of course, we all know that all of that has changed in January. No, the president has a completely different position. All together, and uh, we see this as, you know, people, you know, taking my hat off. You begin to question whether this is about principle or leveraging or politics, no? The changing position of our uh, chief executive sure, on this sure. issue. But should he have he should he have a change of heart, no? And uh, would like to um, uh, restudy really our position on the ICC. Now he has data, uh, whether it's SWS or Okta, and it's clear. Um, majority of the population 
uh, want the government to cooperate with the investigation as far as the drug-related killings uh, that happened during the Duterte administration. This is the table. So interesting. Uh, this is very different from the first table. We have uh, lower numbers in Mindanao at 42%. Right. Um, we have a slightly higher number uh, in class ABC, but you know it's still uh, relatively uh, a good spread as far as uh, the, the socioeconomic classes are concerned. Uh, the highest is in balanced Luzon as far as areas are concerned. But still, it's above 50%. And uh, for us, this is significant because we didn't expect this kind of result. Uh, but then again, you look at no, Richard, no? It's a fairly divisive... Uh, May pagka-Brexit ang dating niya, no? I mean, oh, I think interesting na balanced Luzon is like 70-30 almost spread. And then Mindanao yes. is like 60-40 spread, which is yeah. which just tells you there's also this geographical aspect. But I, I want to ask, I, I don't see it here, but is there also a Mindanao spread? I mean, the Davao region, Eastern Mindanao versus, let's say, Bangsamoro, Northern Mindanao. Uh, yeah, let's look at it. Yeah, let's look at that. Yeah, let's yeah, look at that. It. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's it. That, that, there it is. So the last three. Uh, very, yeah. very good. Yeah. Yeah. So you're seeing that uh, there's a position that's also, uh, you know, there's a regional. Yeah. Baby uh, yeah, yeah. But we don't know. Uh, you know, this is just an initial baseline survey for us. Uh, we'll, we'll come up with another survey in uh, early March, no? late Feb, early March. And hopefully we'll provide you see these changes. You know, West Philippine Sea Survey, I don't know if you got it. We sent it to you. Yes, uh, yes. Also that. You know, interesting interesting you know, change, no? Over the last three quarters, we were saying, yes, you yes. know, uh, well, Philippines, uh, pub, the Philippine public, when asked what are the three, what are the measures government should look into or should um, study, no, in resolving the issues of the uh, related to the West Philippine Sea. Number one was always, you know, to assert rights through diplomatic means. Okay, that's around seventy percent, uh, and it's always been the number one measure, no, uh, in um in the uh, list or menu of measures. Second is, you know, uh, the use of, uh, you know, um, uh, basically the military or the use of or expanding naval and troop presence in the area. Right, right. So always number two. Third would be, of course, modernizing the military. In the last quarter, it's it flipped. For the first time, mm. uh, the uh, expanding our military presence, naval and military and the troop presence in the area became number one, and that was a uh, if I'm not mistaken, that was a six point increase. Which so, had something the public, yeah, the, the public changes its oh. perception, and I think it's uh, largely due to the information provided by uh, the armed yeah. forces, the media on what's really happening in the West Philippine Sea. So the, the position now is, okay, we'll have a dual-track approach, but I think we should emphasize, the public is saying to the government, we should emphasize military action uh, over diplomacy. Uh, that means in our, def in our own survey that was defined as expanding naval and troop presence in the West Philippine Sea. And the distant fourth, but still significant, uh, was joint military uh, maritime patrols with allied countries. Right, so, you know, so the Japan government is, is no, the government is doing exactly what people uh you know um are saying it should be it should do, it should prioritize. Uh when you look at the um uh satisf satisfaction with the government's response in the West Philippines, it went up also. So it was down for two quarters, suddenly the trend shifted and went up.
So um you know service are important no um in that sense no it provides a government uh, information feedback about you know how it's doing no how it's performing on uh, in response to uh, a, a myriad issues no a plethora of issues that challenge it no or challenge our government and and so that's what we're saying we're we're seeing that uh, the public is discerning the public is engaged in in many ways and and that they will change their own position uh yeah i brought it back because we were already discussing a different survey na kasi nasa west philippines do you have a copy of the west philippines one that you want to share right now yeah 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 we, we can we can show that no uh, yeah, but, oh, kasi, but, but, kasi yeah. pa rin data natin eh. yeah it, oh, but but, but, but that. You know, I'll, I'll look for it yeah while we're talking about it no so, yeah, sure, we can, sure. What 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 I want to you know to emphasize is that what we're seeing now is just the fourth quarter. It's a snapshot. It may change. It could change. And 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 it's really a, um, a public perception, uh, um, dynamic, no, as it is, uh, because of the information and because of the you know uh, pe people like you informing the public what's really happening. Uh, this is what this is the the impact, no, uh, changing perceptions on the issue. We saw this dramatic change uh, in uh, our West Philippine Sea probe. We're seeing it uh, now in the ICC. If we're to follow um, the findings of another survey agency, SWS. Uh, so, and the good thing about this is that we're validating, okay, uh, each other. So we're seeing the same thing, although we ask different questions. So we're we're seeing a, a confluence, no, of perceptions on this issue. And uh, while this is just a snapshot, uh, it could it, it could uh, consolidate even more in the next survey, okay? Or it could change completely. No, uh, we we don't know. So uh, that's why it's important we do this quarterly. We do this. All three of us uh, share data to the public so we can compare. No? So uh, this is where we are now. We're hoping that um, uh, we can continue to uh, provide information to the public on uh, myriad issues, no, including. Those that we discussed now, Professor. Right. I mean, I think now we're going to transition to the part where I want you to put your political analyst hat, right? <laughs> yeah. As a leading analyst. I know so far you're the Octa president guy talking, and and I appreciate that because we have to look at the numbers. Uh, well, I mean, the good thing is that as you mentioned, we already have data longitudinal almost. I remember very well because I I write a lot on the West Philippines issue. But getting them when established and Pulse Asia pretty consistent. Even in Panoni Digong, na seven, eight, nine uh, out of ten Filipinos wanted us to take a tougher stance on on the West Philippines yeah. issue, which was quite yeah. divergent from what uh former President Duterte was standing on. The ICC yeah. one is quite different. It's interesting because SWS1 is showing, showing that from quarter two, Q2 to Q4 of last year, there was some upward trajectory in terms of support uh, for the probe in ICC, which which I think is important. I mean, as as we talk, you know, we have many interesting people from different sides. Of course, supporters of Duterte are commenting on TikTok. Actually, I'm also live on TikTok saying that, well, that doesn't say that they want Maresto Sidigong. I mean, we're not yeah, saying... Yeah, that's true. Huh? Hey, that's, man, that, that's a very important yeah. point. That's yeah. a, yes, yes. That's, our survey is not talking about that. In fact, we failed to ask that question. Uh, but SWS, I think, uh, uh, was able to ask something similar to that. And uh, they got a very different result. Now, while there's uh, an agreement, general agreement, that we should rejoin the ICC, that we should cooperate as a government uh, in uh, seeking justice, for those who were wronged in the drug wars, it's a completely different issue when you talk about uh, jailing the ex-president. That's a 
that's an issue we haven't uh, we have no data on exactly exactly yeah, exactly so we, we, because for me that was important because I remember the moment I shared about the SWS immediately you know uh, so you know the usual suspects attack me and say oh but Richard you didn't mention the part where I think only a plurality small plurality said they trust yeah. the ICC so, so obviously naging parang spin game na lang ito, no? like which part of the survey you want to emphasize ako naman ang, ang analysis ko dito is well at the very least this proves I mean you're free to disagree with me uh prof mm. right? At the very least, it proves that yung mga attack nila Digong and the Duterte side year after year against ICC, you know, while they may not be complete trust in ICC on, on the question of how they handle the Duterte issue, at the same time, majority are also not agreeing with Duterte na ICC is a totally, you know, invasive species that is, you know, violating our sovereignty. In fact, that's a stance of two senators, at least I know, including the one who topped the, the Senate race in 2022 in in defiance of most surveys and all of that. So for me, uh, it's not it's interesting because the data can be interpreted in different ways. Yes. And that's why I also wanted to see the longitudinal, the trend lines. Yeah. SWS has that by look forward to yours. But this is where I want to ask the question, you know, this is where I want to come in and let's talk as political analysts here. Yeah. Political scientists rather, actually. Um, um because if you want to because I can get into a the problem we have had ever since is that people are not looking at the nuances of the service because I agree with some of the pro-Duterte influencers that we have to also emphasize young trust issues with the ICC. But in the same breath, I also realized during the Digong time, there was also that problem. For instance, if you look at the surveys on support for Duterte's drug war, seven, eight out of 10 would say yes. At the same time, 95% in Metro Manila and more than 8 out of 10 in other major regions said that ayaw nila na magkaroon ng EJK. They want the drug suspects kept alive. And, and more than 7 out of 10 said they're fearful that they'll be a victim of EJK. So that clearly tells you that the support for Duterte's drug war also was very nuanced. It was not a categorical support, both means and ends. It was very conditional. So I think yeah. that's why it's important we analyze the surveys and not just let for spin masters to just emphasize one side or the other. So yeah. I take the critique, but I also want to say you didn't do that during that time. So it's fair mm -hmm. to have this kind of conversation. First, yeah. what is your read on that? This kind of conditionality nuances that that yeah, yeah, I agree, I agree that. with you. It's the really the, yeah, I mean there are two le two two uh, levels eh? the framing of the survey questions themselves, um, and, and like you uh, properly noted, no. Um, Filipinos are not stupid, no. Uh, they're uh, discerning, intelligent people, and uh, what they're uh, basically saying is that yeah, we're nobody's for drugs. Nobody wants to go home uh, in their escanitas and get harassed or even killed by drug gangs. Nobody wants their communities controlled by narco. Okay, uh, nobody wants to have a narco state, but that doesn't mean that doesn't mean that you can't balance that advocacy against drugs with protecting rights, no. So th this is a big issue for Filipinos. And uh, survey after survey, uh, even in our surveys, uh, th th this seems to be uh, what's clear for most Filipinos. Yes, we'll fight the, the drug war, but not at the expense of violating our rights. Okay, and uh, and that, that that at some level, uh, you can balance enforcement with uh, protection of rights. So it, it's coming out in surveys. It's coming out today. Right. So, uh, you know, in, in the, the surveys from other survey firms. No? And um, it, it's important for us to constantly emphasize this as analysts. No? Now, the drug war was 
it's you know yeah you're right it's nuanced no and uh, we have or ambivalence there's always a yeah. of ambivalence there where, where yeah. analysis has to come in but speaking of ambivalence i mean this is the other thing we keep on hearing no look at the uh. approval ratings even there are surveys of even his post-presidential approval ratings although i find that interesting is it the approval of his fashion statement or his rhetorical skills but yeah. you know what they mean i mean like, now my enduring popularity but i mean crazy numbers right eight Nine out of ten Filipinos. I think no Filipino president. If I cannot think of any president in the world, I mean only Lula, seguro back in the day. Yeah, possibly Lula. You know, in the, yeah, the, only yeah. I can only think of Lula or Modi. Probably one day if he steps down. So yeah, so Modi, are, yeah, but possibly yeah, yeah, Modi. Yeah. I mean, it's a Modi Lula level. It's very yeah. crazy high numbers. So uh, some people are saying, how do you, parang square that with the fact that there's a lot of openness to toughness on China, which for uh -huh. Duterte was, I mean. In short, Duterte wanted a stronger relationship with China. Surveys yeah. say that majority want tougher stance on China. But surveys also say that Duterte is very popular among people. So how do you reconcile that, right? And then yeah. if, if on the ICC issue, if he's so popular, why doesn't majority of people actually agree that ICC is an invasive species in violation of our sovereignty? So this is where right? the surveys are quite ambivalent, which shows yeah. there are layers of thinking going on among our Kababayan. Yeah, and, and, and it's true until today. Uh, the ex-president continues to be popular. He is, uh, you know, he, he rates very high among those who uh, uh, might win a Senate seat, no? Uh, and 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 he, the the family itself uh, continues to be um, to, to have a, a strong influence. You'll see that in the survey uh, results, no? When you look at uh, who should, at least in our internal surveys, uh, who is who will be best uh, to lead after. Uh, uh, present BBM, no, and you'll see the Sara Duterte is on top of that list, no, and uh, survey after survey that we've come out, although we haven't published this, uh, and the, but this is fairly, uh, you know, commonplace common knowledge. knowledge. Yeah, 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 common knowledge. That she's the number one contender. If elections were held today, uh, twenty twenty eight elections uh, will be something that uh, is for Sara Duterte to lose, in a sense. And when you look at the surveys. Except in certain instances when she's matched up with you know certain individuals, no? But by and large, uh, it's 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 her election to to to, to lose, no? She basically she's uh, it's in the bag if elections were held today. But we all know, naman, di ba? Alam naman natin matagal pa ang 2028, marami mga pwede jan, okay? And uh, matagal pa yung uh, election na yan. Pero ngayon pa lang, ganito kaaga, nakikita mo, uh, ma-influensya pa ang Duterte family. Whether there's a question of endorsement, endorsement power, the, the president's still wildly popular. no uh, So so there's a big argument right. within UP no? about fear. no uh, Yes, the fear factor. Love to or fear. Okay? Yeah. Uh, no, I'll be both, honest. No? I mean, I really want to emphasize... What's your position on this issue? Yeah. What's your position? I mean, of course. I mean... We're not Russia, right? We're not China. Yeah. We're not a, we were never a full-fledged autocracy. But I mean, let's be just brutally honest. During Digong's time, we were kind of in what I call a twilight zone. And if you look at the SWS service, I don't know if, if you have in Okta you have done service. There are a lot of surveys that show us large plurality at least. Uh, I think there was like 44% or something in one SWS service said na, na, na uh, it's dangerous to publish negative opinion about the government. For me, that's that clearly tells me a huge number of Filipino at least a huge plurality. Uh, I mean, the 40 percent can be a president in this country. Last time I checked, um, yeah. you know, they're 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 openly admitting that they're not hundred percent sure if they can be very honest about what they're saying. Now, I know you you coming from survey agencies. Obviously, you're saying that that shouldn't 
undermine the integrity of your surveys. Uh, we had Ronnie Holmes on, on this podcast who told us all the mechanics and the SOPs they used to make sure na walang nagbabantay, walang shadowing, you know, all Tama, of that. Yeah. But at the same time, what I'm saying is that even if no one is shadowing you, even if you are not Putin's Russia, it's hard to imagine that the fear of Duterte did not go with the love for Duterte. I mean, I know I'm getting into political psychology already and probably we have to bring Mom Clarita Carlos here. Yeah. But I think there's a lot of literature, academic literature, on how yeah. fear and love kind of have a distortionary effect. I mean, we I, I, I can give you a whole list of dictators. I'm not saying Duterte is a dictator, but I can give you a whole list of dictators with 90% approval rating, which didn't look totally crazy at that moment. And then nung nawala na yung dictator, suddenly opinions change. Now, I'm yeah. not saying Digong is a dictator. I'm just saying fear has a distortionary effect or at least has an effect in terms of approval. I mean, if, if you cannot beat someone, rather love that person, right? If people are dying right and left, you have thousands of EJKs, you rather love this person. You rather not express. I I know this is this is not something that survey guys want to hear. No, no, but you know, Ron, it's, it's something really worth studying. You know, it's a it's a, You know, Randy David um gave this uh basically argued this position maybe three years four years ago. No, that uh, it's fear. It's fear that uh, is driving his numbers up. It's fear that's driving compliance and and, and maybe that is correct but you know we, we still have to back it up with actual data no but it runs against what we're seeing now whether it's sws pulse or even octa when you look at the numbers of duterte the preference for him as senator the preference the continuing preference for him to be the next president even in tight constitutionally in the when you look at his endorsement power i don't think people fear him he's not, he's not to be feared now in fact, if uh, we don't know what the what the first quarter will uh, hold, no, as far as his numbers are concerned, but uh, you know they they seem to be uh, still very influential, and you know these numbers could even go up, no, because of what happened over the last month or so. Some people are gonna take a hit in government. It's possible, right? So, so is it possible na hindi naman siya, hindi naman takot lahat ng tao sa kanya? There might be a segment that is. But if people still prefer him, despite the fact that he's not in power, then it's not about fear, uh, Richard. He's, it's about it's about it may be something else. No, mm. the person. Uh, the SWS has a a, a, a paper written by uh, Doctor Rood and uh, Doctor Tigno, which looked at why his numbers are continue to be high. No, and um, you know, people also should look into why they continue to be stable all throughout his administration despite the the various faux pas faux pas no and and and, and missteps and and in general fact that you know he ended very badly you know the economy ended not with development and democracy but with debt and death no uh, at the end of his, uh, you know, well, well, we see this all around, right? Bolsonaro's number, yeah, yes, I know. Modi's number kept high. So, we have a lot of comparative data that shows you that strong men are very good in actually doing during crisis period. I mean, as yeah. the time goes, uh, during the uh, you know, the, the, in the Game of Thrones, chaos is a ladder, chaos is a ladder, yeah. you can exploit those, those moments. And I think this is where also disinformation comes in, narratives come in, like lahat na nangyaring death. Yeah, but you know, Richard, you can also say that he put in 3 million students to college. Sure. The free tertiary education, that one thing 
he passed during his administration made his administration by the way he never supported it truly eh? and, and he supported social spending that actually went up social spending yeah. went up during the gong infrastructure yeah. spending infrastructure. went up during the gong yeah he's got a lot of trillions of course a lot of it went to corruption no but the thing is some some work got done jana, oh, i know you know that uh, apparently, no? <laughs> apparently okay apparently a lot of it was uh, uh went into you know negative bureaucratic behavior so let's put yeah, it that it's way. a structural uh, freak. Uh, yeah <laughs> but the thing is but the thing is a lot of people were employed a lot of people uh in a sense until covid uh the, you, you saw signs of some nominal trickle down as far as the economy was concerned and you, then you have this free tertiary education that one alone will would would have ensured that he would be the most popular president of all time so you know, while while we disagree with his war on drugs, we disagree with most of the things he did as president. No, in terms of his style, his rhetoric, um, he did get to do some things, uh, populist as they are, expensive as they are to sustain today. No, I'm, I, I really pity the the current administration. They inherited so many programs that are so expensive, including the you know doubling of the salaries of our, um, our military men. And the implications on uh, retirement, the MU, MUP, you know, these are all very expensive social uh, social programs that we inherited from the Tetis administration. But those, if you look at, you know, you look at all of this together, uh, together with this war on drugs, which, by the way, SWS also has data. I mean, the the public perception on crimes going down was real, and they have they have all that study. So you know, when you put all of this together, yes, there was fear, but he was able to do certain things. And, uh, you know, to a great extent, people voted for this administration because they wanted a, a certain sense of continuity as far as those policies were concerned. And by the way, the China policy was never popular anyway. Uh, so the president and the new administration was right in their new pivot. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, it, it's proven to be more popular now because people actually agree with the, the six out of 10 Filipinos support the administration's position in the West Philippine Sea. So, you know, uh, no, no, I, I completely all of those things together and do a more more thorough study. No? Uh, I, I see yeah. a perfect way that both of these arguments could be correct. I mean, let me yeah. be absolutely clear. I disagree with people who are saying this is a totally manufactured popularity. No, it's not. Yeah. The yeah. evidence all around the world that strongman populism has yeah. a kind of quote-unquote charisma that perfectly fits our ecosystem information yeah. ecosystem uh you know existential challenge ecosystem so I, I i never agreed with some people who said no this is totally fake news no my argument though is that perhaps someone's approval should have been around 60 70% which is closer to the median of other presidents at some point whether it's aquino ramos and all but it went superlative maybe that's where the fear factor comes in you get what i'm saying possible it's possible you know, I, 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 I can't it's the, it's, wrong, the boost, eh? it's it's the yeah. boost effect eh? I, I i never agreed I never agree with people who say he's not. I think he is genuinely popular. But the superlative numbers, the endurance of that popularity, I cannot separate it from the fear factor. You lang sinisabi ko. But speaking of the future, we know that Sara has been in the lead, but we know that other people like Senator Tulfo, we see in some of the online surveys, we saw in Estonia. You're putting me on the spot, my friend. No, you don't have to answer that. No, what I'm saying is, it looks like a more competitive field nowadays, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, but it yeah. also proves because Tulfo is also kind of a strong man aura, right? So in yeah. a way, it actually proves now it's a matter of varieties of 
populism, right? Yeah, where I'm coming from. Yeah. Populism is really bad for the country, Richard. You do, you do know that, no? It's it's something we can sustain on a programmatic basis. Uh, it's something that uh, in the long run will undermine both democracy and development. So uh, we all have to speak up, no? And uh, and speak out because you know it, it's sometimes irrational. I mean, uh, you look at the tertiary education program. No? Although it's popular, and I, I won't be very popular after I say this. Uh, you know, it, it's very it's anti-poor. I mean, think about it. UP students who are millionaires get free education. I mean, it, it has to be. Rationalized, diba? We can't sustain something socialized uh, education. expensive, yeah. And it turns out that our socialized, our flawed socialized education program or model in the UP may have been uh, the best possible model uh, to sustain this uh, this program. I, I don't believe that rich kids from UP should be get, given full subsidy. Some of them in my class tell me, you know, they, we don't deserve this, eh? We no, drive very Lexus, BMW, Porsche. Yeah, my, I, I one of my students was telling me, quite yeah. frankly, you know, I, I drive a car of this kind and it's almost criminal for me to actually just get this subsidy, but there's no way for them to return it. So some people, you do become a good citizen, return it back by, uh, you know, serving your country. Right? I know it's very idealistic, but, you know, uh, you know me in my classes. Eh? That's how I end my classes. It's really about citizenship and leadership. In the end, what we do as citizens, you know, is probably more important than anything government does, no? Uh, as far as governance and democracy is concerned. And that's why it's important for us to to find the way uh, for citizens to get more engaged. And I think it starts really by, you know, uh, with, with media people like you, with academics like you, who inform and empower with true knowledge. No? And that's where, that's where I think survey companies find a niche, no? Uh, the more we inform, the more empowered people are. Uh, the, the better we do our work with integrity, uh, with the best possible uh, methods being utilized, the more science we bring into the thing, um, you know, the more the service uh, matter, no, in the life of our country. So this is something uh, we all have to advocate as individuals, as members of organizations like OCTA, like UP. So you know. Uh, it, it is what it is. We we're in a interesting times, Richard. It's a, for the first time in a long time we have factors running the show that are outside of the country, bigger than bigger than the Romaldeses, the Marcoses, the parochialism, uh, the personalism uh, that, that 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 pervades our politics. Uh, we have strong players in the global arena. Yeah, uh, the new Cold War. We're kind of the right? Berlin of the 21st century, if I can put it exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're we're right. caught yeah, in the yeah. middle. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's 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 complex, diba? It's it's extremely complex. Now, uh, these are uh, entities that are driving the dynamics at the domestic level, and for the first time, we really experience, no, oh, what, 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 no, and they're taking sides, they're influencing, and and we have as people to be conscious of this and uh, take charge, no. Take back uh, our politics uh, and play a more a more productive role as far as democracy is concerned, and that can only happen if we inform, 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 and empower people. I believe in a you know an informed and uh, educated uh, citizenry, uh, you know, and of course stronger institutions. But you know, it, it starts really with citizens, eh? um, and that's what Octa is trying to do, trying to be a part of uh, that movement of truth telling and. Uh, Truth sharing. Hopefully, we'll continue to do our work uh, in the years to come. 
Uh, last one, I want to put, uh, let me put myself na lang on the spot kasi kanina medyo nilagay. Now, for me, I see populism. I mean, what's cosmode? I mean, something like, it's an illiberal democratic response to uh, to undemocratic liberalism, right? Yeah, I, uh, I agree it, with you on that. Huh? Right? Yeah. This is not coming out of nowhere. I think it, it it's partly a protest vote. It's partly a desperation vote. It's partly yeah. also people trying something different. It's it's ambivalence, right? About, so you think Marcos win or something that like that? Oh, obviously, absolutely, and and also the appeal of what I call disciplinary politics. You know, this whole Singapore model thing, right? So, so I I think people have to understand that our critique of populism doesn't necessarily mean a full endorsement of what came before it. I think the two are connected. There is a causality there. Therefore, Sigur, last point here again. I don't want to put you on the spot because you're a farm survey agency, but you're also a political scientist. What do you think is a challenge now for the opposition? Because there's a lot of, I mean, there's there's the Duterte Marcos fights and all of that. But you know, as far as opposition is concerned, um Nasana opposition, right? I mean uh, so that's the basic question. It's a more yeah. simple question. Where's the opposition? Somebody has obviously appropriated being the opposition, but are they really the opposition? Uh and, and that's why the opposition has to be wherever they are, wherever they are, has to be more more mindful, a little more self-conscious about uh this, no? And um, the opposition has, you know, it can't be the 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 opposition of the last six years, no? It has to be around the values and programs of government at this point, no? Uh, and, and there's there there are um, significant uh, uh, debates, no, that have to be engaged, no, by all the groups, where the country is going, who is it going to align with, what are its values, no, uh, that, that that have to be protected. In the end, that will that will that is what will define whoever is going to emerge as uh, the opposition. Uh, right now, uh, it, it's, it, it doesn't seem clear that there is a viable or even a legitimate opposition uh, in place, no. And largely because people have become quiet, people have become parochial and personal, people have uh, began to accept, no, the current dispensation. But there is a window. Yeah, I, I think you understand, and I believe also. There's a space eh, for progressive politics to emerge. And it really has to start along, um, it has to be disciplined by values, by programs, by, you know, eventually by an ideology. I know I'm being idealistic here, but uh, once our politics begins to be disciplined by ideas, platform, and program, then we can conceive no of alternatives no an organization. Uh, you need organization. Yeah, of course. Leg organization. But you know, do you do you believe that possibly it's very possible this administration might become more yellow than it it, it ought to be, right? I mean, it's it's turning out to become, and it's kind of an irony of sorts, no? It's it started. Well, that's with, a Tiglao theory, right? Like this is Aquino 2.0 or something like that. Yeah, Tiglao said Tiglao. That's what's happening now. Yeah, I mean, that's if the president's wise. Okay. Um, that's that, that's the argument. He has to run a platform that's a counter argument uh, to the Duterte argument, no? Uh, which is pretty clear, no? Although it's it's not very sophisticated, okay? And uh, it has to go down, go back to values. Eh? And I, I guess this is what was wrong with the campaign of Lenny before. It just totally negated, no? That whole historical past of being yellow, no? And all that it stood for. And uh, watered it down with pink, no? 
which in the end appropriated what was yellow in the first place. Now, what am I trying to say here? It's, we the opposition has to go back to the roots, to the radix. It has to go back to the values it's been fighting for, that history. But reinvented for the 21st century. Yeah, but reinvented. No? Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it can't be the same uh, opposition of 2016. Eh. And uh, it's not a hopeless case for them because the current administration is looking for allies. And the current administration might actually, if they're wise, uh, appropriate, no, and 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 get realignments, realignments. Yeah, realignments for convenience. Yeah, okay. But the thing is, that's what politics is all about. In some level, right? the art of the possible. And I think there's a space for that. The possibility of this administration aligning with the yellows, with and, the Dilawa. And 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 how do you see? The, I mean, they. I mean, in a way, success of people like Riza Ontiveros very much progressed, yeah. very much attached to more left than liberal. Right, mm -hmm. uh, back to back, she 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 made it in a very very tough race. I mean, the Senate race, yeah. in, I mean, the only one. I mean, do you think that the Riza uh, uh, precedence kind of tells us the way forward for the opposition also? Yeah, to some or extent, is it that's so generous, yeah. or is it so yeah. Risa? Yeah, but, but it's, it's it's it's. I think to a great extent, it's it's the distinct uh, style of Risa and how she captured. But I don't know. Um, if uh, we can recreate Riza in particular. But what we do know is that we have the Dutertes arguing a particular worldview, a particular set of values, a particular style of governance, which apparently uh, uh, this administration can counter by, again, presenting a counter-argument. And that counter-argument would require them to align with the progressives from the left, okay, um, from uh, people like Riza Ontiveros and uh, the so-called Dilawans, I, I, I think there's a genuine opportunity uh, because of the situation where, the unique situation we're in, yeah. where we have to deal with superpowers playing, uh, you know, a puppet master here, that uh, the progressives and the administration might find it convenient to help each other in the, in the 2025 elections. Uh, these are numbers uh, are showing that... Uh, that might be formidable, and that and, and people will see the counter argument there. Uh, you know, it, 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 that counter has to be made stark, made made stark to our electorate. Sino yung pro China? Sino yung anti China? Sino yung pro WPS? Sino yung anti? Sino yung uh, makatao, makajos, makabayan? Sino yung pro human rights? Sino anti? Th these things can be can be made clear, but uh, it, it can only. Uh, uh, find its legitimacy if the administration aligns with truly progressive forces who have a history of uh, advocating these values. And I think there's an opportunity for that in the 2025 election. If the administration is wise, they're not going to go with their regular slate. They're going to be uh, including people who will, sh who will shock us. No, uh, But then again, if I'm not sure we're gonna be also, shocked. I mean, this is Philippines. Alam yeah, na but you know, uh, you know, but if the progressives are wise, they'll they'll take up the opportunity, the tactical alliance, because it would mean preventing certain forces from coming into power again. On that note, thank you very much to to Professor Ranjit Rai of UP 
uh, Department of Political Science, and of course, the president, I mean, the president of the Okta uh, Research Group, which has been doing very, very, very well. Uh, I'm, I'm very glad that we had, I mean, one hour, parang wala lang yung one hour sa atin. Oh, man, I know it. Academics, eh. but I'm, I hope very, I'm very proud of you, Richard, as my student doing this show, no? Uh, and I also you. want to let the people know, this is these are my personal opinions, not opinions yes, of Okta of or the university I belong to. Okay, uh, and I'm very happy that uh, you invited me in the show. Uh, hopefully, we'll uh, have more banter and discussion in the future. Yes, I hope this this is a good warm up. So, uh, expecting that uh, hopefully we'll have more of you gracing our uh, little show here to discuss next big surveys. Because yeah, I think people's appetites has been whetted by by yung idea that who knows maybe the next survey ganito ganyan. So the trend yeah. lines are very important to make yeah. a proper political analysis. Maraming salamat, Professor. And uh, have a good day. I know you're very busy. You're getting texts and all of that. I'm sure Maraming yeah, I know. But I appreciate Thanks, uh, thanks uh, for inviting me and uh, good luck with your show. God bless and talk to you soon, sir. Okay.